You claim to love knowledge. Yet when you find something you don't like, you demand that we change to please you. No, it is not to please me. You are an incredibly advanced society. Why can't you find a better way to educate your people? There is no better way than the Avarium. Even if that means giving up your son. It was the happiest day of my life when Toman was selected to be Uron. I knew even before he was born that he would make an incredible contribution to our society. And you never once thought otherwise? Not once. And neither did Toman. And what if Marin does? Welcome back to Stargate Weekly. I'm Stuart Hollis. And I'm Thad Haight. This week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 5, Learning Curve. You know, it's a bit of a steep going, but once you get there, you know, you've got it figured out. Indeed. It originally aired on the 23rd of July, 1999, and was directed by... It was directed by Martin Wood. And it was written by Heather E. Ash. Martin Wood, we've talked about a lot. Uh, Heather E. Ash wrote five SG-1 episodes. This is the first of them. Uh, she was also a story editor for season three. Uh, starting with this episode, she did she edited all of the episodes in season three. Ex- starting with Learning Curve. She didn't do the, the, the four before this. And she also didn't do Demons. I don't know why. We just thought it's interesting that she edited 17 episodes of season three, almost all of them starting with Learning Curve, basically. That's pretty cool. Also, SG-1 and one episode of Glory Days, which I had never heard of before, are her only television writing credits. Okay. All right. Our synopsis from TV Guide. Jack's efforts to bring more fun into the life of a young alien could get him a court-martial. It's not wrong, but it's also not a good synopsis. No, no, not really. It, I could use, I don't know, like, four more words. Stargate Wiki says, SG-1 is impressed with the learning power of the Orbanian children, but soon learns that the children eventually go through a ceremony which removes the nanites from the children in order to take away what they learned. Colonel Jack O'Neill decides to take Marin away from them and teach her how to become a true kid. Yeah. Yeah, that's That's better. what happened. The foreign language titles for this are mostly variations on learning curve. The checks were a little on the nose with accelerated learning. Mm-hmm. Interesting fun fact, Brittany Irvin, the actress who plays Marin, also appeared in an episode of Smallville where she played Stargirl. In that episode, Michael Shanks played Hawkman. Nice. Yeah. I had noted that she was 15 when this episode aired. And I also noted that she had something on the order. Uh, she had nearly a hundred acting credits to her name. A lot of it was voice acting, but still, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not trying to like put down voice acting. It's, no. it's still a solid gig. I can't do it. So yeah, it still takes talent. Yeah. So let's just launch right into the episode, huh? Sure. Oh boy, child labor. 
Yes. Also, I think this is the first appearance of Daniel's bandana. Bandaniel. Nice. Thank you. I'm not a fan of the bandaniel. I I hate... I hate the bandaniel. It's definitely my least favorite Daniel headwear. So, you'll take the floppy hat over the bandaniel? I'll take the floppy hat, you know, any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Mm. So... You know, he's there with the child labor, and they're, I don't know, doing archaeology things. Sure, yeah. The gate starts dialing, and, he, and he's, oh, no, no, don't worry, it's just my friends. What if it hadn't been? I wondered that. Yeah. And this is now when we meet Kalen, who's, like, the adult. Because yeah. almost every other Obanian we see throughout this, throughout this entire episode is a kid. And sometimes you need an adult. Well, not these people, because all, all <laughs> Kalen ever does this whole episode is like, no, 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 tell the child. And then walks away. Pretty much, yeah. And then we quickly establish that the Urbanians have no sense of humor, of which they're aware. Nice. They're there for an exchange of, I guess, just knowledge and technology. Probably mostly knowledge. Mm-hmm. We meet Kalen when he brings Marin and the Nakwada reactor back to the SGC. Yeah, so I think, in this case, it's knowledge on the on our intrepid heroes part. They don't have technology that they want, at least not right, right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. But it is, there is technology on the other people's part, such as this Nakwada reactor. Yeah, so more like knowledge for technology. Right, but there's also knowledge, because Daniel's getting knowledge. Well, Daniel just likes arcing all the ologies. Did you notice when he just, like, scraped the rocks over that mural, like... Many times. Yeah, what the heck, man? What kind of archaeologist are you? You know, the kind that carries a gun. <laughs> right. Kalen, by the way, as played by Andrew Arlick was on the dead zone nice yes i mean he's a total you know like you know, tv I, character that guy he, Andrew you know, he's been on everything airly it sounded like you said arlick i did because i couldn't read my own writing oh okay it's yeah. a-i-r-l-i-e so presumably airly yeah no you write either way he was on the dead zone we had a conversation at some point along the way between sam and uh and general hammond she's talking about how crazy these people are like you know like crazy advanced and, like, how quickly they're advancing. And Hammond's very excited. He's like, well, these will make great allies then. Yay! Which means, of course, there's a catch. Which also means, of course, that we'll never hear about them ever again. <laughs> yes. Hey, now, we do we do hear about the Tolan again. And the Land of Light. That's true. I don't think anyone ever said the Land of Light would make great allies, though. I think you're probably right. And, I mean, anyone who would have said that would have been wrong. <laughs> yes. These people are more backward than you are. <laughs> yes. They present the Nakwater reactor to Sam, who's very excited. And Sam says she needs someone to show her how it works. Yes, to teach her. Maybe someone needs to teach me how to use this thing. Please explain what you mean by this. But then Marin steps up to say that I will teach you. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of that. Go on. Are we? I guess we're to assume that there have been multiple revisions of the nanites over the years, since Marin says that these nanites were invented 49 years ago, and that's not long enough for like the entire society to have forgotten how people learned before. Hmm. So you're arguing that the current generation of nanites that she has are 49 years old, which is kind of ridiculous considering how quickly these people well, that's, can advance technology. I mean, that's my only explanation for that statement, that the nanites were invented 49 years ago. Because otherwise, it makes no sense that they don't understand the concept of learning without nanites. 
Well, Kalen's certainly at best forty nine years old. So right, but the net their his, they would have history. They would have had kids that read history books about this and trans and put it into the nanites. Oh, that's a good point. So yeah, uh, only, the only way we can reconcile this forty nine years fact is that it must be, there must have been different generations of nanites. But yes, it seems odd that there weren't advances in nanite technology in the last fifty years. Yeah, hmm, kind of hard to square that one. That's not my only year complaint on this, but we'll get to the other one later. Oh, okay. So, they first head off to the infirmary to do just a standard battery of tests on new visitors. Do it, blood tests, etc. And that's when we get the the conversation about uh, how intelligent Marin is, and how doctors Fraser and Carter have not always been this smart, which is wrong. Well, I don't believe that was ever stated. They were they were not always scientists. That's how they learned to be scientists. I don't think they ever said they weren't always that smart. That was effectively like what what Marin was saying, and then Sam effectively conceded to that point by saying, "Well, both Chi and Doc, old Doc Fraser conceded the point by saying, no, 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 we had to go to school for many, many years to you know to get the knowledge that we have now.'" Yeah, I don't remember. You mean you were not always as smart as you are now? No, we spent a long time in school to get to this point. Uh, you are in fact correct. I concede to your knowledge, because the line specifically is, you mean you were not always as smart as you are now. Smart is the wrong word. Exactly. My argument is, no, no, they've always been this smart, they just didn't have the body of knowledge they have now. Right. I do like when Jack admits that he's not as smart as they are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, well, no, but, uh, yeah, nope, never mind. Yeah, because Sam gives him a... a an amused look and he's just like yeah okay <laughs> yeah this is a good scene yeah no it's fun we're back on the planet yep and teok is talking about his goldness yes and daniel is being shown the pyramid of the sun which is glorious in the daytime or something the, the very cgi pyramid of the sun yes yes it's probably like break even on cost between doing a cgi background or a matte painting and would have looked about the same. Yeah. And then, you know, and Daniel's getting super duper excited about Teotihuacan. Yep. And that's when he's told to explain it to Toman. And Kalen walks away. And here's where we come to uh, my second complaint about years. Uh, it talks about, Daniel talks about how Teotihuacan flourished for centuries before suffering an upheaval in 750 A.D., well, first off, according to Wikipedia, that's wrong. It was around around 500 uh, CE or 550. Sorry. Uh, so, but regardless of that, 550 or 750, and it may be that they thought it was 750 in 1990. What are we? 99 at this point? Uh, yes, 1999. Yeah, they may. Have, but regardless of that, 550, 750, both of them are way after the established timeline of when the gold left Earth. Uh, yeah, by a couple thousand years. Yeah. Hmm. According to Wikipedia, the city is thought to have been established around 100 BCE, which is still after the gold have left Earth. Right. Maybe it was Seth. <laughs> I mean, maybe? I feel like it can't always be Seth. Why not? Also, Seth, where would... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Even if Seth was involved, there was no Stargate for Seth to go through. 
and take the people with him. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So this just, man, this just does not square with what we know. And I'm not, and I can't think of a like outside of the box explanation for why it could have happened. Yeah, because even if, because it definitely, they wouldn't have ever had the uh, like the Stargate in Central America. Right. So maybe there were Gould that visited in ships to Central America, long like much later, but that seems unlikely to me. Yeah, because like. If they had come back, like, why not just take back over where they had been? Right. And, you know, then the planet. Right. But we know that Ra left and buried, and they buried the Stargate, like, what, like, 3000 BCE? Something, something like that? I think so. But I, I'm the wrong person to ask. Either way, a long time before the, yeah. the fall of Tehuacan. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, uh, you know, a long time ago in a region far, far away, mm-hmm. the Gould left. Yes. So back to the base. Mm-hmm. Sam is trying desperately to understand this Nakoda reactor, and Marin is doing a terrible job of teaching her. Yes. Well, considering the fact that nobody teaches people in the, in this society, it's... Yeah, but if... If she's supposed to be an expert on the device, mm-hmm. and we find out later in the episode that she's, like, the expert on the device, then, A, why on earth, like, you know, I I don't care if the Tauri are potential allies for the Obanians. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they let their number one and only reactor expert go alone? Yeah. But, anyway... If she's supposed, if she's supposed to be the expert on this stuff, if someone asks her a question like "What's the casing made of?", she shouldn't go back to, "Well, let me tell you about the very first step." As I say, even if she doesn't know what the reactor casing is made of, she should have just said, "I don't know." But she has to know what the reactor casing is made of. Does she? She's the number one expert. It's basically like if you could somehow track down the world's best mechanic for. You know, uh, fuel injected cars, uh-huh. and you were standing with them next to a fuel injected car. It's your first time ever seeing one, and you're like, "Well, how do the doors work?" And they say, "Well, first of all, the fuel gets injected." <laughs> like this is supposed to be the number one expert on all things cars and automotive, and they have to start by like they have to start at like the highest level. And then, like, spend four hours talking about every in and out of the car before they'll say, and the doors work with a hinge. Like, that, like that's my beef with Mary being a terrible teacher. Yeah. It, you know, it's like almost like she was, like, I guess, like, operating off of a script, because that's probably how the information was given to her. Like, the nanites allow her brain to, like, process the information in a different way. And so, like, she can just like, literally just take an info dump in, and but apparently can only info dump out. Hmm. That's kind of what it seems like, yeah. And speaking of the nanites, they get called back to the infirmary. Yep, because Dr. Fraser has found the nanites in her blood and in her brain. And they're really scared about the nanites because their only other experience with nanites was when Jack got old. Yes. So two things I noticed from all this. Mm-hmm. One, trinium? Apparently. Yeah, that was interesting. And two, little beggars? Marin, we've run into these little beggars before. Like, Jack has said this 
before. Yes, this is not the first time he Jack has said little beggars. No, and like the first time I thought it was like, that's an odd pronunciation of buggers. And then it's like, no, no, he says beggars. That's what he says. Apparently. So if Jack were reading Ender's Game. Yes. Would he have said that they fought the beggars? Yes. Okay. Almost certainly. What was the retconned name for the buggers? Formix. That's it. So I have questions about the nanites. Mm-hmm. And you and I, we can work through this together. Okay. <laughs> if you're better at explaining it than... Oh, than Marin is? Yeah. Right. I forgot her name. You're terrible. I am terrible. I unfortunately cannot remember what the special children are called. Ha, you're terrible too. Uron. That's it, yes. We find out a little bit later in the episode that the Uron are effectively chosen while they're still in the womb. Yes. And then... I guess just as soon as they're born, or maybe even in the womb, they're injected with just, like, a zillion nanites. Yep. And the nanites take over their synaptic pathways. Yeah, sure. And I'm more or less okay with this concept. Yeah. Here's where I feel like it totally falls apart. Mm-hmm. What happened to the kid born the day after Marin's ovarium? Are they now, like, do they now just not have the same knowledge as the rest of the society? That's an interesting point. Why don't they leave three nanites behind for the Oron child? Because it's not like they say, well, our current population is one million. Our expected population in 12 years is going to be, I don't know, 1.01 million. So let's inject her with 1.01 million nanites because they also have to take into account that some may fail over time and then make their way to the bloodstream. So I'm wondering, do they even send the nanites to everyone or does... Or is it, like, sporadic? Like, did, did everyone get Marin's nanites, or did only some people get Marin's nanites, and then some people get Tomid's nanites, etc.? Well, certainly, it seemed like all the children that we saw, and Kaelin, had gotten Marin's nanites. But how, the children couldn't have gotten Marin's nanites, because they were the... They're not all Arun, because they had said there are not that many Arun children. Mm, okay. And it sure seems like all the Arun children had, like, special necklaces and uh, headwear. Okay. They were wearing the same clothes because the Orban believe in gender-neutral gender children's clothing. And by gender-neutral, I mean they all wear the exact same white capris and, like, weird silvery white shirt and, like, little, like, half-boot things. Yeah, because it's sci-fi, so that means everyone on our planet is exactly the same. Yes. And in this case, it's more right than usual, since okay. they all have, like, the same knowledge and memories. All right. So, I guess they do send them to everyone. So, yeah, that that is a big gap there. Yeah. Like, why can't they leave a few nanites behind for the Arone child so they're not revert, you know, reverted back to a potato? Why don't they have, like, some sort of thing that can, like, copy the nanites? Right. And also, what hap- cause, because what happens to the kid who's born the day, the week, the month, the year after Yeah, an ovarium? Like, so they, they just like, don't get that knowledge? Apparently. Like, if they're injecting nanites in the womb, then maybe, like, if they inject the baby in the womb, like, not on a own, but like a regular kid, in the womb, does it, like, download the parents' data? How did the Arone get to their level of knowledge? Like, how do they get the Arone up to a baseline level of knowledge for them to learn new things in the first place? Yeah, there's a lot of gaps here. Yeah. 
because like like I said, like on the surface, I don't necessarily like hate the idea of having someone who has been artificially like boosted to have a mega brain who is becomes your subject matter expert on any given thing and then can, you know, share their mega brain through the nanites. Yeah. No, I like the sci-fi concept on this episode, but it doesn't there does seem to be there do seem to be some problems when you scrutinize it. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And if we had mega brains, we might be able to answer these questions. I mean, maybe. But then again, mega brains don't seem to be very good at answering questions, so No. But back to the actual meat of the episode. Yes. Which is, you know, blessedly free of nanites. <laughs> <laughs> We're back in the conference room and Jack is frothed about what's <laughs> going to happen to Marin. Yes. Hammond's kind of worked up himself, but Hammond being Hammond, he also recognizes that, well, you know, we can't just hold the kid and Jack's like, well, why not? Yeah, because he's Jack. Right. And I don't really know what the rules are on this front. Like... Yeah, because Stargate doesn't have a prime directive. For Starfleet, they would not be... They would have to return the kid because that they would be interfering in the other society. Well, I also wonder from the perspective of... We're never made aware of the idea of Marin's parents. Or, like, or who her guardian is. That's true. But there's also the aspect that, like, if they truly believe that it would be in this child's best interest and like best health to not go back there don't they sort of have like a moral imperative which yeah. is jack's argument yes and how different is it when you look at it in that light from a 12 year old kid whose parents are abusive or never around, or drunks, or whatever, and the state stepping in and being like, yeah, let's get you out of this situation. This is not good for you long-term. Yeah, it's a fine line. Yeah. But, you know, Jack getting worked up about this is, you know, sparks off a bit of a diplomatic anxiety between the Tauri and the Orbane. Little Orban. Bit. Yes. They're the Orban, but they're Orbanians? I... I don't know if any, like... Most of the humans seem to say Orban, uh, but most of the Orbanians say Orban. I feel like Orbanian came up at least once or twice. I definitely have been saying it, but I don't know how correct it is. I think it was in the episode as well. You're probably right. So one thing I noticed throughout this whole episode, other than nanite confusion, <laughs> the music really needed to make up its mind. <laughs> I kind of wish that, because I kind of wish that we had, like, actual, like, scored, like, different scored music. I mean, they don't always have to have new music every episode, but it's a little... I basically tune the music out, because it's the same music every episode. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, they mastered, like, ten songs at the beginning, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, that's it. Can't have any new ones. Yeah. Which is, like, a real shame, because there are times, it's like, especially like, the music starts, like, swelling up, and it's, like, well, now we need to play our em emotional music. It's like, well, yeah, but, like, the scene just changed, and you're still playing the emotional music. Uh. Yeah. It seemed, like, particularly poorly timed, this episode. It, it just stuck out in my head. Maybe. And when the music was, like, particularly weird was also when Marin put her foot down to say that she does not need the Tauri's help. Yes. Yeah. She's very set on her course, 
which makes sense is what she's been well not taught obviously they don't oh, do that there they don't do that yes <laughs> but you know like deeply indoctrinated from birth that this is the way things are and sh- and you know shall ever be yeah and it's a little bit after this that now is when we officially learn that she's the only one who's been learning about the reactors and if Marin doesn't come back it's going to be 12 years before someone else is at the same level she's at now. There's people waiting for her knowledge to continue their research. And that's the part that's weird to me. Right. Who did she get the knowledge from in the first place? Yep. It's weird. Okay, so if they only learn this way, why are adults doing research that's going to get lost? Well, it won't get lost. It would get passed to the next Aron child who, like, joins the team. Like, after Marin goes to her ovarium, they're going to need a new Arone on the Nakwita Reactor yeah, team. Yeah, see, I, this scene... This is really we- So, basically, the adults get the knowledge, and then they do some research, and they talk to another Arone to trans... This is so weird. Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> because we're back in the lab with Marin and Sam, and they're making some solid progress on... The knockoff reactor. But something's not working quite right, and Marin knows what it is, but Sam won't... Oh, I'm sorry. This is the conversation where Sam is trying to explain to Marin that she's only 12, and she has barely lived at all. And heck, half the interesting things that happened in Sam's life didn't happen until she was 15. (laughs) What kind of things? Oh, just, uh, stuff. (laughs) And I think now is the point where... Yeah, so Sam has the reactor. It seems to be built, but it's not working. Turns out it's because the power is going... the the It's being conducted into the trinium instead of where it needs to go. And Marin's trying to show this to Sam, but Sam's like, no, 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 I can figure it out. And she does by reversing polarity. And I'm yes. still not sure. No, that shouldn't work, but whatever. <laughs> I have to wonder if there's ever been a time anywhere ever that reversing polarity has actually solved the problem. Yes. If you're wiring something up and you accidentally reverse the polarity such a way that it just won't work until you put them the right way. But So it's almost like if you're trying to build an Nakwita reactor and it's not working, so you reverse the polarity and then it starts working? Yes, but... Yeah. Okay, yes. But in this case, if the current is already going into something, (laughs) reversing the polarity is not going to make the current go somewhere else. Yeah, it should have been like, I I need to like bypass this circuit. Like that's like an equally techno-babbly sort of thing to say and more valid. Because, no, I have legitimately had, I mean, because... No, no, I, I, no I, I remember us talking about this when you were wiring up, I can't remember what it was now, but you saying, and I solved it by reversing the polarity. Yes, because the previous owners of my house had wired a couple of the electrical outlets wrong. The previous owners of your house were terrible. <laughs> yes, yes, they They're were. They're just the worst. I'm surprised your house is still there. <laughs> I'm surprised there was a house to, to buy. You and me both. <laughs> so, Sam turns on the reactor, and there's a big effect yeah just a big power surge she gets an angry phone call from general hammond yes and at this time jack has come in and he leaves with 
I've forgotten her name again. Marin. Marin. Yes, he absconds with the child. I need some nanites to tell me what her name is. <laughs> Apparently. She won't know what it is anymore, but you will. Right. And he takes her to, it's called a playground. And he does that weird thing where he's speaking fake Italian to the kids. What is that? Bambinas, cacerice, California, pizzeria, mamma mia. Yeah, and it, like I'm just like super confused for a minute until the teacher shows up, and it's clear that like this is the school they took Cassie to. Mm-hmm. So they had to like so he established a relationship with the teacher in the school at that point, and uh, he apparently makes frequent visits enough that one of the kids loves him. Yes, although she made him look fat. <laughs> she's a she's a prophet. Yeah, there we go. That is a prescient painting right there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was really confused by it. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, I really don't get. What he's like Bambina Pizzeria. What is this, Jack? Your what name you- is O'Neill. <laughs> yes. What are you doing? And he doesn't talk. And we know he's an Irishman. He doesn't talk much for an Irishman. That's right. <laughs> when he's talking to the teacher, he's he's trying to see if Marin can hang out with the kids for a, for a bit. She tells him there's going to be art class later. He's like, perfect. And it's like the weirdest art class, because like six kids have easels, and everyone else is just at their desk. Yeah. Just seems mean. Yes. And they paint something they love. Yes. And and I was kind of hoping for Marin to be like... To paint a Naquita reactor. I was kind of hoping for her to paint a Naquita reactor. That's what she's starting to do. Yeah. But I was hoping for her to like start by saying, like, explain love in the same way they're like, what is teaching? What What is love? I was explicitly trying to avoid saying what is love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I knew there was no hope of that with you here. This is true. (laughs) It is known. (laughs) At this point, the you know we're pretty close to the end of the episode. At this point, Uh, Hammond and Hammond and O'Neill square off a little bit because obviously Jack broke all kinds of orders and protocols and rules by taking Marin off base. And Hammond's not wrong at all. No, no, he's not. And Jack isn't saying that Hammond is wrong. Like, well, he, ba- Jack is basically daring Hammond, though. Oh, yeah, no, like, he, yeah, because, like, I guess in some way he is saying that Hammond was wrong, like, in the sense of, like, like, the, like, of the root thing of mm-hmm. we should have held on to Marin. You know, Jack is definitely not saying, like, no, no, like, you're not wrong. I definitely violated your orders. It's definitely within your rights to send me off to a court martial. Go for it. Like, I'll, I'll take it, gladly. Yeah, he's basically gambling that Hammond won't do it. And Hammond doesn't. But it's just like, man, Jack, you really were wrong. You totally were wrong. Yeah, no, he, like, you know, hopefully Jack has, like, a, you know, dark mark in his jacket now, or something. Not enough. He ends up being a three-star general. Well, yeah, you know. And if nothing else, Jack's been retired before. <laughs> this is true. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh... It, it's clear that a little time has gone by, like not much, but like a little bit of time, like a day. Mm-hmm. And they get a urgent message from the Orban. And I wonder, did they tell Hammond? Because Hammond is just like, you'll find out when you get there. They must have told Hammond. Yeah. Maybe Hammond had already gone through. I don't mm-hmm. know. But they do show up like completely kitted out to fight. Uh, yeah. So like, if they did tell Hammond, then perhaps Hammond should have been like, it's not an attack, but you need to get there quickly. Yeah. Of course, on the other hand, they're always like they always go through fully kitted out to fight. That's In this true. case, though, they they sort of like step through like ready to start shooting at people, mm-hmm. 
which was different than the first, like when they stepped through at the beginning of the episode, where they're sort of like strolling on through, still right. armed, but strolling on through. And we see that there are kids playing and drawing and people having fun. Yeah, and someone says, Marin must have known that this would happen. Like, uh, did she? How? How would yeah. she, like, I mean, obviously, like, she knows what would happen with her nanites afterwards, but, like, that's implying that she went to the playground intentionally so as to see what fun was, like, of her own volition and not because Jack was like, I'm going to show you fun if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it implies, like, more, um... Premeditation? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it implies, like, more premeditation than I think she had. Yeah. You know, my my final thought in this episode is how much do you want to bet that Jack will be visit will be visiting Marin more frequently than Teal visits Ryak? Well, any everyone visits people more frequently than Teal visits Ryak. Do you think Teal ever goes to the school? Probably more often than he goes to see Ryak. So once. Yeah. Yeah, at <laughs> least once in the next 6 years. Did you have any more notes for this one? No, I've got. Uh, we've covered my notes. Okay, I like this episode a lot. Uh, it gives you a lot to think about, yeah. even though it is like more like like I said. I'm pretty sure we're never going to hear about the Orban again, other than perhaps in passing. It's some solid sci-fi. Oh yeah. Even if there are some major problems that we discovered with it. Yeah, but like all good sci-fi makes you like makes you think and makes mm-hmm. you ponder. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a really good episode. Uh, I I definitely enjoyed it. I. As seems to happen a lot, we have more to talk about when we don't like an episode or we're eh on an episode than if we like an episode. But hey, you know, let us know what you guys thought about the episode. I suppose it all depends on your point of view. Nice. And that's what we'll be talking about next week when we when we discuss Season 3, Episode 6, Point of View. Thanks for listening this week. If you enjoyed this, be sure to check out our other podcast, Delta Flyer. You can find and review both of our podcasts on your podcast player of choice, and you can also reach us at our email address, stargateweekly at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Gamicus. You can find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Stargate Weekly. And that's our show. Yeah. <laughs>